Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello, fellow gamers. Welcome to the Pacific Northwest. Don't worry about the metal monsters, lightning storms, and mummified tourists everywhere. Just get into this station wagon and everything will be okay. We are the Video Gamers Podcast, hosted by three lifelong gamers who are also dads. And today we are deep diving Pacific Drive. I am your host, Paul. And joining me, he's desperate for more chemicals like Tyrone Biggums. Y'all got any more of them chemicals? It's Josh. Y'all got any more of that repair putty? (laughs) I know, right? There's never enough repair putty. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) All right. And then joining Josh and me, he's dodging bunnies left and right so they don't latch onto his car like sentinels in the Matrix. It's Ryan. I am ready. Let's go. Oh, wait. I'm not in gear. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) You're in park going nowhere fast. Yep. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, we're going to be talking about Pacific Drive, but first we have a little bit of housekeeping to do. Josh, I think we've got a community, uh, not a community review, but a show review you're going to read. We have a couple. Honestly, the reviews have been pouring in. So number one, kudos to all of you wonderful, amazing listeners out there for doing your part and supporting the show. I Every morning when I see a new review, I just I get a little a little pep in my step. There's a little joy in my heart. You know, and uh, oh, yeah. and then I share it with you guys and it makes us all smile. And then, you know what? Good chance we're going to read some of them on the show as well. Uh, if you haven't left us a review yet, it takes like 30 seconds. You're doing your part for, for, for humanity, for spreading the joy of this podcast through the world. And, uh, and you know, just, just do it. All right. This first one comes in from Shory07. It's titled Games, Friends, and Good Vibes. And it says, just three dudes who make you feel like you've all been best friends forever. Talking the latest in gaming news, reviewing new releases, and just overall great banter. They deep dive random games and even have a feature for fans to choose a host to play and review any game of their choosing, which makes for some pretty awesome content. Top 100 game ranks from each host that they update with new releases and deep dives. Perfect audio quality, consistent schedule, and a great follow on Twitter slash X. Listen to one episode of these guys and you'll be hooked. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, Shory. That might actually take the cake for one of my favorite reviews over like the past year. 
That one's good. I will say the consistent schedule part is nothing to do with me. Just letting everybody know. <laughs> One of us there. might have been a little bit late to start recording this. this oh, it was a couple too. minutes. Come on. <laughs> At what point do we tell Shory that I've severely fallen behind on the leaderboard? I think I'm like three games behind. It's it's hard when it gets to be that big, man. I know. Yeah. Tell me about it. Also, quit slacking, Paul. All right. This. <laughs> This next one comes in from Timmy G1587, and it's titled, I mean, they're okay. And it says, so I started listening a couple months ago. I listen every single week. I joined the Discord, which has an awesome community. There's value there. Positive outlook while still having a critical eye on games from all corners of the development world. They try to interact with everybody in their awesome community and appreciate what they add to the space. See ya. I guess the show's all right. Oh, <laughs> thanks so to me. We think you're all right too. Yeah, you're pretty okay <laughs> yourself, buddy. Pretty all right. By the way, our community's doing all our work for us. They're telling people about Discord. They're telling them I, about Patreon. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we, we've done it, boys. <laughs> no, we don't have I to mean, beg I, anymore. I, honestly, that should just go to show you that we we legitimately have the best gaming community I have ever seen. There is zero toxicity. There is zero console warring. There is zero putting people down because of the games they like. Like this, this is like a unicorn, man, in the gaming world. Like it really is. And I know we say it all the time, but it's it's just this thing where it's like we have found like the oasis of awesome gamers that are actually really cool to each other. And, and we want you to be a part of it. It's like, dude, we, we found it. Come, come join us. <laughs> yeah, it really is a great community. There's a link for our discord in the episode. Make sure to check that out. And then one last thing before we jump into Pacific drive, Ryan, why don't you tell the people a little bit more about our Patreon? Yeah. So in addition to uh, the discord and other ways you know just listening to the show which we absolutely love and writing reviews we have a patreon um believe it or not podcasts aren't free to run so all of your uh support helps us greatly MultiplayerSquad.com. you can sign up for as low as five bucks a month to get started um you get a lot of awesome perks you get uh early access to episodes you get bonus two bonus episodes a month for the squad cast um tons of discord perks so a lot of cool stuff and then more than anything else, you help support the show, help keep us running. So, uh, again, MultiplayerSquad.com. We'd love to uh, have your support, and we thank you in advance. Oh, absolutely. We thank people in advance. We also give them shout-outs on the show when they sign up, and we have two people that we owe thank yous to. We want to say thank you to Kyle McCourt, who signed up on Patreon, and also Moose. Both of them signed up with Rare Status, so we want to say thank you so much to Kyle and Moose for their support. Thank you! All right. I think it's time, guys. Let's uh, shift into Drive and talk about Pacific Drive. (laughs) All right. Every time we do a deep dive here, we start out by reading a description of the game. Here's what they have on Steam. Face the supernatural dangers of the Olympic exclusion zone with a car as your only lifeline in this driving survival adventure. Scavenge resources, load up your trusty station wagon, and drive like hell to make it all through alive. All right, so Pacific Drive. We've got some history here, right, Josh? We've been talking about this game for over a year. We've talked about the development. We've covered when the first video footage released, when the demo released. I went back to one of our old episodes when Michael was on the show with us to hear what we had to say about Pacific Drive over a year ago. 
Michael was so excited, he said he was looking forward to Pacific Drive more than Diablo 4, which was yeah. sounded like blasphemy at the time and, and almost seems worse now in hindsight. But that that's a little bit of an insight as to how excited some of us were about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I Michael tend to get really excited about a lot, just about everything that you could talk to him about with games. I, I, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, re- I still remember the first time we watched the trailer for this game and it showed all of this, like these anomalies that you would come across, like the world has been distorted. There's this weird kind of eeriness to it, but then there's this like weird, serene driving in your station wagon through the beautiful Pacific Northwest. And we were like, Dude, what is this game? And then they kind of marketed it as like a survival game, but with a car and there's crafting and and exploration and there's this like, you know, story to discover. And it really just touched on all of the things that we like to hear. And then they just kind of disappeared for a little while until the, the, the demo came out for Steam Next Fest just recently. I mean, that came out like a month before they released the game. Um, but yeah, I, I remember us uh, seeing this trailer, being very, very excited for the possibilities for this one. <laughs> Apparently, I was a little salty on that episode because you, Josh, said, yeah, I'm kind of with Michael on this one after he really gushed about it. And then you said, Paul, I know that you called us both crazy because you wanted to talk about Resident Evil 4. But then apparently, you know, the two of you outvoted me and we were talking about Pacific Drive instead. But, oh man, this is a long time coming. We have talked so much about Pacific Drive. Now that we kind of read the description, talked a little bit about how the game looks like, Josh, why don't you actually walk us through the gameplay? What are you actually doing in Pacific Drive? What are the nuts and bolts? So, that was a good pun there too, Paul. So, the nuts and bolts are, I can't let a good pun go by unnoticed. That was so Um, funny. Yeah. The nuts and bolts of this game are, you have this, you, you get put into this, like, exclusion zone area there's been this limb technology that's been discovered, but something has gone awry and it is distorting reality. And so you are now in this place that you should not be. There's some scientists that apparently still live in this place um, that basically discover that you're there and they're trying to help you out. And you're just an innocent bystander who was delivering a package. And now you're in this crazy sci-fi world with things happening that you don't understand. And all you want to do is you just want to go home. And so that's like the basic premise of like the plot of the game. Gameplay wise, you are in your station wagon, which is, you know, your form of transportation, but oddly becomes like your companion in this game as well. Um, You go out into these zones and you are basically foraging for supplies. Sometimes you'll have a mission that one of these scientist people give you to say, hey, if you want to get out of here, you need to go to this place and activate these towers so that we can trace your signal or, you know, what some sci-fi mumbo jumbo. You go out in those zones, you drive around, you get out of your car, you scavenge and you activate, you, you get these big balls uh, of like called like anchor points. <laughs> Don't you laugh at me, Paul. (laughs) Okay, phrasing, but go ahead. (laughs) So you get these anchor points and you, uh, you use those to kind of charge your car. And then that opens up a gateway that then teleports you back to the garage. And the garage is the area where you do all the upgrades to your car and like crafting and things like that. And so that in a nutshell is the gameplay loop. 
Yeah, I think the only thing I would add on top of that is it does have a little bit of this roguelike structure to the game where you go out on runs and then you either portal your way back to the initial garage or if you die or your car is destroyed, then you'll respawn back at the garage and then you start a new run. So the whole idea is to accumulate enough knowledge and do enough work out in the world that in one run, you'll be able to work your way through all the zones and escape back to normal life. Um, is that fair, Ryan? Anything that we missed as far as like core gameplay mechanics? No, I think that's pretty fair. The The big thing, and I know that's been a, a big issue with a lot of people too, is is with that roguelike nature, you die when you're out there, you lost everything. So you you can't stop and save, you can't do any of that stuff. So you have to go back to the garage to be able to do that. And that's, you know, one of the big hangups a lot of people are having. But um, it's definitely one of the, the key features of, I guess, you know, a roguelike. So it's the nature of the beast. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd say it's like a roguelike light in that yeah. regard because you want when you unlock these zones in the maps, like those you keep those unlocked, and I mean some of the maps are procedurally generated, um, but you know anything any progression you get is re- like remains, and you store all your stuff in the garage, and that you don't lose. But if you yeah. are on a drive, and I have scavenged a bunch of stuff, and I died like yes all that stuff is gone at that point so it's not as brutal as roguelike would normally be where it's like hey your run is just completely over start all over again i I feel like there's a lot more of like the permanent progression systems than you would get in like a permanent roguelike that's fair yeah that's fair yeah and and there's also a large aspect of while you're scavenging materials on the road you're also fixing your car because it's going to take damage and your car's health matters more than your person's health and so keeping your car afloat until you get back to the garage and then that's when you're doing your major upgrades and things like that um i think it's actually a really cool and ingenious idea i love the idea of being able to upgrade your car and go out and do these missions and unlocking new parts of the map i think that stuff works really well I I will say just kind of like right off the bat here, I really struggled with this game. Yeah, you did. Um, I a lot of times we try to keep our opinions to ourselves and we don't really talk until we <laughs> record the show. This game did not jive with me at all. Um, in the episode from last year, I kind of asked you guys like, what would make Pacific Drive good or bad, or how do you think it's going to shake out? And Michael said it could be a complete waste of time okay, great idea, but poor execution or a game where I keep going back to that well for the next 20 years. Um, I will certainly not be (laughs) returning to this game in 2044. I can promise you that. Uh, However, all that being said, I will be completely fair. I think there are some great ideas in Pacific Drive. I think it has definitely found its niche audience. I don't think this is necessarily a broad game that's going to appeal to everyone. But as we talk about the game here, I think it'll help a lot of our listeners identify whether or not it's going to jive for them. All right. So let's talk about kind of like the opening moments of the game. So when you first fire up the game, you're driving your normal car on the highway. You end up being sucked into a portal and they start teaching you kind of like all the basics of the game. Here's how you turn on your car's lights. Here's how you turn on your windshield wipers, uh, which, by the way, are not all that terribly useful. Uh, And then (laughs) once you go through that portal, you are stuck running on foot. And this is when you run across the station wagon that you're going to have for the rest of the game. There is a radio where some people start talking to you and they say it's not a transmitter. They can't send anything back, but they can hear us. And they start guiding you 
in your station wagon that you have found, and then you work your way to a garage, which is your home base of operations for the whole game. There's a woman named Oppie who talks to you through the intercom, tells you you can use her equipment, you can check the status of your car, fuel up, install some gear. And then they start to hit you with some of the lore and the story of the game. They say that you're a breacher, that you're in possession of a remnant, which has taken the shape of the car. I really struggled following the lore of this game in part because every time they're narrating story to you, you're also driving and trying (laughs) to avoid obstacles. And for me, it was very hard to multitask those at the same time. Despite playing so much of this game, can either of you two understand and explain like the lore of remnants and the mass hallucinations and all the stuff that they talk about? Not it, Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> I didn't catch it. I have at all. no idea. I, I, I have, have no okay. idea what happens okay. in this game. Like, I don't know if you guys knew this, but I am a certified limb scientist. Okay. <laughs> so an unstable one, maybe. <laughs> basically, this lady Oppie is the one, is the scientist that discovered limb technology. Now I have no idea what limb stands for, but you know, let's just put that aside for now. This limb technology was supposed to change the world. And instead, what happened is it created this weird chaos and alternate reality and caused all of these issues that you see in the game. So when Paul talks about avoiding obstacles, we're not talking like, you know, construction signs in the road or cones or, you know, things like that. We're talking about like weird entities that will hook onto your car and try to drag it away or weird razor blades that'll come up out of the ground and just go shooting off in the distance and things like that. Like there's, there's some strange stuff happening. And then you have these two guys, I'll be honest, I don't even remember their name, Tobias and something else or whatever that are kind of like Francis. Yeah. Francis. There you go. And And then later Alan comes into the mix, but go ahead. Yeah. And these are the guys that are like really fascinated with the fact that your car apparently is special and it's called a remnant. And this remnant is some kind of weird energy thing that, you know, is, is in the zone. The downside is, is that anytime a remnant becomes attached to a human, it drives that human insane. And so their goal is to try to save your life by getting you out of this zone before you go crazy, which is really weird because your car is your lifeline in this game. And I'll be honest, like I kind of became a little bit attached to my car. Yeah. And and I get that. And I've seen that from other people. And then it's like, well, this thing's not driving me crazy. It loves me. And I love it, you know, but oh, it drove me crazy. Yeah, it drove me crazy, too. (laughs) So, yeah. So then, like I said earlier, the whole point is that you're trying to get out of this zone. And to do that, you have to go really deep into the zone to get to the area that you need to get to so that you can get out of the zone and go home. Um, And that's the whole like that's your progression in this game. That's the reason you're doing what you're doing. And now we're all limb technology experts, guys. Made total sense, right? Uh, yeah, I, I heard a lot of gameplay, not so much <laughs> yeah. story there, but uh, uh, really? but thank you, Josh. Mm. You you understood it, I think, mm. better than me and wait, Ryan. This, this game has a story. <laughs> oh, what? oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Don't let don't forget the anchor points and the stability zones because the anchor points, which are the giant balls that I said not so well, are the <laughs> things that keep reality kind of constant in those areas until you yank one of those away and then things go haywire too. That was yeah, absolutely. I did have one point where I I grabbed an anchor point, and then you talked about the uh, the bunny. I, I I looked back, and then I just saw my car just go whoosh, and it just got shot across like 150 <laughs> yards away or meters or whatever, and I had to go run and grab it. You know, it's uh, it's it's crazy in the zone. 
Oh, yeah. A lot of chaos happens for sure. All right. So basically, since you're trying to work your way out of the zones and they do tell you that this has happened to other people, but no one has survived. And so your goal is to be the first one to make it out. And there's a lot of different routes of progression in this game that we can kind of divide. The one that I want to talk about first is using the route planner at your garage and how over time you make progression by unlocking new areas on your map that are all interconnected. And you're kind of working your way to get further and further away from the garage so that you can work your way out. So there's like multiple zones. You start in the outer zone. You have to cross into the mid zone and, you know, it kind of just progresses from there. So the way this works is that you're in your garage and you can click on the route planner and it brings up a map and you can see where you can travel. It tells you some information about what might be there, what anomalies you might see, what resources might be there. And you click on it of where you're going to head. Now, if you're trying to travel far enough away, you're going to have to go through multiple junctions because your car can only travel so far. And so once you select where you want to work your way to, then the garage door opens, you hop in your car, and you start driving. Now, the the different junctions, and this is going to take a while to explain because this game is pretty <laughs> complicated. Um, for example, let's say you can travel to junction, I don't know, G9, and it's like right next to the garage. So the very first time you go there, you travel to G9, you can collect some mats, and then you have to go grab one of these stability anchors, and then you unlock a portal, you drive through the portal, it sends you back to the garage, but now G9 has opened a new connection to E7, which is further north and further to the west. So now I can go to my route planner, set it for E7, but now they're going to force me to go back to G9, work my way through. Now there's an exit point that I can drive through, and it connects to you know E7 or whatever. So kind of the whole point of this game is as you're trying to dra to travel further, you are retreading the old junction areas to grab new mats. A and this sounds pretty complicated because it is. And the good news <laughs> is that the game just explains it about as well as I just explained it to our <laughs> listeners because Josh, you even posted like, hey, just so you guys know, oh like, goodness. here's what you have to do. And then we're like, yeah, like we kind of figured it out. And the game does teach you how to do things in it, but they only tell you once. And this game is so unique. They kind of should tell you multiple times. So you don't really know what you're doing in this game until you've played about five to six hours and everything finally clicks. So wait a minute. Let me get this straight. Routes, junctions, zones, gates, closed exits, stable exits, <laughs> stable zones, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. gateway. Uh, did I say gateways already? It, um, yeah. When you go to a zone, you can't leave that zone. But when you leave that zone, it opens up more zones so yes. that you can then go to those zones. But you can't leave those zones then until you go to them and then leave them. And then that opens up more zones. Yeah. Uh, right? Clear as mud. I, yeah. I mean... <laughs> What's wrong with that, Paul? <laughs> as long as your car is healthy, oh, too. Oh, and, to and the whole time you're exploring these zones. Wait, is it a junction or a zone? It's a junction. <laughs> a junction. Conjunction, junction. What's your function? Right. Yeah. So, so when you're exploring these junctions, they're all individually procedurally generated maps that can actually be fairly large. Even though you don't know where you're going or can't find your way around, you're just driving around until you can get out of there, right? But why am I there in the first place if I'm trying to just get out of that zone? Well, you got to unlock new junctions on your map, Josh, so you can get to the next zone. 
Oh, but by, need- but but that unlocks the route that I can then use from a yes. junction to go to the next. I yes, but you have to first portal back and then first. return and then take an exit for your next but, junction. But through a and gateway, then, but to, yes. it, but only stable gateways, right? <laughs> not stable exits because there's exits right. in the zone as well, but not those. Right, gateways and exits you. are not the yeah, same. Why didn't so they just good. tell us that, guys? We're smart. We could figure this out. <laughs> I'm so glad the game explained this just brilliantly, just like you guys did. I think oh, I'm more confused now than, yeah. <laughs> than playing the game. No, it, it, in all seriousness, though, I will say, I think it's actually a really clever way to progress the map. They basically just force you, go explore this new area, Take a portal back, now go back to it again, see how the map's changed, and now you can drive on to a new junction. That I actually do think is a very neat idea. Now, for better or worse, this does mean you are traveling in the early junctions a million times over the course of this game. And the the first couple times that I went to these areas, I was scrapping everything I could. <laughs> oh, there's a building. I got to go check it out. Oh, on, on the mini map, there's a point of interest. I better go there. <laughs> and then like six hours into this game, I'm just beelining it for the exits. I'm trying to drive down mountains, slamming into trees, <laughs> anything I can do to get out of here quicker. <laughs> yes. And that kind of tells you like my mentality of playing this game. I, I found stopping to smell the roses was so much fun for the first hour. Yeah. And then after that, I'm like, just get me out of Junction G9. I just got to move on. It's it's wild how how fast that dissipates. Like, I was a big advocate for this game. I was shouting from the rooftops. I was so excited. I know with uh, our boy Al, a new, a new uh, listener to the show, and um, I, we were talking about it. And after, like you said, about an hour, you just that just all is gone. You know, all of the wonder and the majesty of the cool Pacific Northwest is just gone. And then you're like, how the heck do I get out of this area so I can get back to the garage so I can go to the next zone or junction or whatever the heck it is and continue on with this game? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I will say I think our opinions on this game might differ a little bit. But when I started to realize that I have to go through these zones Every single time I want to go to a zone that's further away, I really started to like nails on the chalkboard in my brain about like, I've discovered this new zone. Why can't I just go there? Like fast travel me there at this point. And the game's like, oh no, no, you got to go through the first junction. Then you got to go through the second junction. But don't worry, guys. Occasionally there's a highway that's there that will let you skip one junction but then you have to actually just drive through this drive highway it. for a little while. Yeah. And, and that's when I was like, to me, this felt like artificial inflation. Like, don't make your game longer just because you need to feel like you made it longer. If your game is a good experience, I don't need you to tack on an extra five hours of repetition to make me feel like I got my money's worth. I will gladly pay the $30 that this game costs to give me a better experience. But I think as gamers, we know when somebody is just fluffing like a playtime, And that's exactly what this felt like to me is there was zero reason to make us redrive through all of these initial beginning junctions so that I could then get to the second junction. And the problem is, is that sometimes you're talking about five to seven junctions later that you're having to get to when you get towards the end game. And you would think, well, I'm, in, I'm I'm near the end game. Can I just warp there? 
I mean, I could warp back to the garage. The technology exists, right? Yeah. And it's like, nope, nope. You got to drive through this same zone you've driven through a hundred times. And again, these zones are large and they're procedurally generated. So this road may not be a straight shot. It might be a huge snaking loop that goes up a mountain and then down and around and all this stuff. And it's like, I'm with Paul on this one, man. I just got to where it was like, dude, I don't care if I launch this freaking car off this mountain, if it'll get me out of this place faster at that point. Yeah. And not to belabor this point too long. I will say that every once in a while, like when you're crossing into the mid zone, you start driving through things that you haven't seen before. And that actually got really exciting because they've lulled you to sleep with the last four hours of content. But now I get to see something new and I'm driving through these corridors that are underground and I'm working my way through this wall, you know, so, so they do occasionally hit you with new stuff, but by and large, it it does definitely get a bit repetitive. Um, Let's go ahead and take a short break and then we'll be right back. If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, so talking about Pacific Drive, Let's talk about the actual experience of driving. All right. So we talked a little bit about map progression. When you're actually in the car driving through these procedurally generated areas, what, or maybe, maybe walk back to the first couple of drives you did. How did you feel and how did it play? Um, I felt amazing. I thought it played amazing. I thought that there was a little bit of weight to the car. Um, I thought that it, it, it felt a little heavy, but it felt, you know, reactionary as, as far as how you steered and stuff like that. Um, that all quickly went away every time I tried to get out and Uh I I had to (laughs) look to the side and then click and then click again and then click. Oh, Oh, no. And I closed the door back on myself and then I, Oh, Oh, there we go. Now I get out. And then I realized, Oh, whoops, I didn't put my car in park and my car's rolling down the hill (laughs) and I got to run back down and go grab my car, get back in the car, put it back in park. Then I can get back out again and uh, and then I can go explore. So so that's that's kind of the whole driving uh, era for me. Little repetitious because if you want to save battery power, not only that, you're also turning off wipers, turning off your lights, lights turn radio, off the engine, go into yep, park, get everything. out of my car, and then every time you get back in, you got to turn all those things back yep. on every yeah. every stinking time. See, I this is my favorite part of the game. Like in oh. in in all honesty, oh. is the I know, but there's something about driving this car 
through the Pacific Northwest, which I, I, I we we had a little bit of an argument before we started recording, but I think this game is atmospherically beautiful. I mean, uh, you sometimes there's weather. It, actually, a lot of times there's weather. So it might be raining. It might be foggy. Maybe it's nighttime. Maybe the sun is rising. But I mean, it's the Pacific Northwest. It's absolutely beautiful. I'm driving down this abandoned highway. It's foggy. The sun is rising. So there's this beautiful orange glow. I've got my radio on. And I, I'll tell you what, man, the music in this game is freaking top notch, dude. I yep. sat in the garage. I found a radio station in the garage that I was just absolutely jamming to. I need to go back and actually like Shazam all these songs because they <laughs> are incredible. So it's like. I'm just cruising down the highway, listening to my music. Oh, is that a little bit of rain? Let me let me look over and turn my wipers on. And they actually clean your windshield for you. And I'm just chilling. And I'm like, dude, this is nah. peaceful as anything. man. Oh, watch out for that anomaly. Oh, no, my car is flipping. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, so I actually really did enjoy the driving portion of this game. Now, again, that kind of goes back to I don't want to drive through the same zone 100 times. But I actually really enjoyed the being in the car and, and moving around part of it. All right. So hysterically, my biggest beef with this game is the driving yeah. because this is the anti GTA in GTA. You can drive, you can go nuts, you can go fast, you can do all these wild things when you're playing Pacific Drive. They in in the procedural generation, you you have to follow the roads because these cars do not perform well on gravel or on inclines, especially the starting engine. Like you can't even handle a a, a ten degree angle. It seems it starts beeping at you and you can't yeah. do it. So you're stuck more or less driving on the main roads. But every forty feet, they hit you with. Uh, barrels in the road, concrete barriers, or the anomalies. And none of them are hard to avoid. They're just annoying. So as soon as my car gets up to speed, I'm slamming on the brake. I'm slowly driving off road so I don't crash into something with my headlights getting damaged. And then I go back on the road and then I speed up for eight seconds to immediately slow down and drive around something else. Now, the first time you see each anomaly, it's fun. But once you are traveling through this junction for the 20th time, and it's very easy to avoid the abductor anomalies and stuff like that, I just found it to be, I'm just trying to drive, and every eight seconds, you're giving me something that annoys me. And I did not find it fun to just drive through the world or to do any kind of real exploration. Uh, another example of that, I know that we haven't really talked about getting out of your car but on these runs, you very quickly notice how much of the game is just repetitious. Like if you need to go find chemicals, which we were always hurting for, all of a sudden I realized, oh, it's every building with the satellite dish has a hazmat cabinet. Yep. So now I just know to bypass every other kind of trailer out there in the world. Bring but if I go crowbar. into that one, every time I got to bring my crowbar, yep. there's the cabinet, there's my chemicals. Um, there's always going to be these floodlights that'll give me bulbs. And then on the backside, there's lead plating. And then in the middle, there's always one to three PCs that I can break down for electronic parts. And I very quickly realized, oh, this is a game that's largely copy pasted through the procedural generation in a way that I found to be a little underwhelming personally. Yeah, I'm with you on that part. I, the, there's like three different house designs total in this game. I mean, <laughs> literally, and, and you yeah. do need to get out and you do need to scavenge a lot. Cause there is a lot of crafting that you have to do in this game to upgrade your car so that you can make it towards the middle and end game in this. And 
dude, the 50th time I pulled up to the exact same model trailer that has the exact same layout on it and has the <laughs> exact, exact same, same backpack. It's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. There's a backpack, fabric. there's a cooler, there's a chest, and maybe there's that science cabinet. Uh, and that's it. And I mean, it, you, it really is a little jarring to just go, dude, you couldn't make a few more models of this, or maybe like I can find something random from time to time. I, I mean, I think the most random thing I found was a paint color that I could paint on my car. And, yeah. and, I, and the first time I found one, it was like a hallelujah moment. Cause I was like, it's something, <laughs> something. new. I <laughs> yeah. found something yeah. new guys. But yeah, I, I mean that part again is, is very repetitious and it gets really frustrating after a while. Oh, definitely. I, I, I was the same way. You you go through these areas and it's just the same thing over and over again. And 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 like uh you know, you guys said it's you I want to enjoy this environment and in this area because it was cool. The songs were awesome. I'm sitting there vibing, but every 14 seconds I gotta oh, now I gotta go off the road and do all this. Same thing with uh uh something new. The, the biggest thing I had was I saw in the beginning, I saw a charging station and I'm like, oh, there's a building on my map. And I go and I look at it. And I'm like, wait, wh- what is this? I haven't seen one of yeah. these before. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I remember Jackson was sitting right next to me. I'm like, dude, look. I was like, oh, it's a charging station. Okay. And I drove in and it like put a little barrier and charges up. And I'm like, whoa, that was so cool. But it took 50 other generic, basic buildings before I got to that one thing that was different. Yeah, I really do feel like you get lulled to sleep. So when you get something moderately cool, it just seems all the cooler. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we got to move on and talk a little bit about anomalies because that's such a large part of the game. We've already mentioned a few. How about you guys just pick like one or two that you think are neat or maybe your favorite or maybe the most annoying and kind of just tell the people about how it works. Um, The abductor is one of the very (laughs) first anomalies that you come across. And it, I, I remember being terrified of this thing. Cause I was like, what the heck is this thing going to do? Is it going to, is it going to abduct me? Is it going to probe me? Like, what does this thing do? <laughs> you know, probe me. and then, and then it's like, so eventually I, you know, I was not paying attention and I'm in one of the four generically generated trailers in this game. And I see the abductor light go from green to red and this plunger like <laughs> lunges out, sucks on my car and it starts just dragging my car away. And of course, I go booking after it like crazy. And thankfully, it didn't, it lets go after a little while. But it was like, that wasn't very nice. But then these suckers later on, because the game does progressively throw more anomalies and get harder, it like harder as you play and you go deeper into the zone. And at one point, I had zero time. I had to get out of this zone. It was collapsing on me. And a freaking abductor came along and latched onto my car and drug it halfway up a mountain. And I was cussing <laughs> that thing the whole time because I was just like, just let my, give me my car back. And <laughs> I, I mean, I still made it out alive, but it, like, it, you know, to its credit, that's what these anomalies are supposed to do. They're supposed to mess with you, they're supposed to cause havoc and chaos. But for me, the abductor. I don't know if it's because it was the first one or just because it was always that moment of like trying to chase it down and and get the car back before it carried it too far away kind of thing. But I I thought that was a neat touch. What about you, Ryan? That's a good one. Um, For me, it was was the airstrips. 
I don't know how, how your experiences <laughs> were with it. Those, the, and it, it was wreck fun. your car. <laughs> it was because at first I got used to the um, the buzzsaw, chainsaw ones or whatever that, that would have that little blade that would run across the red ones. And so I'm cruising and not thinking anything of it. And I see this kind of blue hazy strip across the ground. And I'm thinking, okay, it's no big deal. I don't see anything. So I'm just going to rip through it before something comes across and it launched my car up so high <laughs> and I went off the side of this like hill and just rolled and tumbled and that's where I ended up I posted it in the discord I'm like uh I don't know am I supposed to drive here and then somebody's like you can't park there and my car's just sitting on its side you know <laughs> yeah. I'm like what do I do now but those I had I had a lot of fun with those I thought those were really unique um to where once I saw them I'm like oh okay I know what this is now but the first time I hit that I remember my face like I was just in utter disbelief and in shock. Just whoa! You know, as I just shot into the air, my car goes 15 feet, and I just go tumbling down a hill. Well, what's funny is you actually have an achievement that you got for that, Ryan, where it says travel more than 50 feet while airborne. Oh, nice! And I knew exactly what caused that for you to get that <laughs> yep, achievement too. That yeah. was me. <laughs> Similarly, there was an achievement I got for remaining airborne for six seconds. Oh, the- oh and then that, that's another one that you can get if you kind of play around and go off the right ledges. Uh, for me, I'll, I'll share the one that I thought was the most annoying. I don't know about you guys. It was the one that was like the set trap where all of a sudden the six pylons yes. would raise oh, around you yeah. and start most shooting electricity. One. It's so annoying because there's no indication that it's coming up and you have to slam on the brakes and just kind of like wait 10 seconds until the electricity stops in front and then you can drive through. Um, But that's kind of like an example where I was like, don't just annoy me for eight seconds. The airstrip, way cooler anomaly. The abductors, awesome. Even the uh, bubble bunnies and all the other stuff in this game. I have to point out the one because I this one really added to the mood of the game for me. But the mannequins, the crash test dummies. Those yeah, are creepy because yes. those Super things creepy. would randomly spawn anywhere. And so you'd come across a bunch of them in the road. And if you hit them, they're like, they got some kind of like explosive in them. They oh, blow yeah. up, man. Oh, I know all about but that. What's really weird is you could get out of your car, go to the back of your car and turn around. And there'd be one of those suckers right there staring at you. Cause they could just randomly pop up anywhere. And I remember getting jump scared so bad because I was just in the back of my car, putting some of my stuff down. I turn around and there's a freaking mannequin right there where it was not like two seconds ago. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like where did you come from? You know? And so I, I will say kudos to them on that. Cause it really added to that weird creepiness kind of vibe for this game too. Dude. This the first time I saw those, I was like, "Oh, sweet mannequins! I'm gonna run these bad boys over and come oh, boom!" Was, oh, it's no. loud too. Yeah, it was super loud. It <laughs> definitely caught me off guard. And then, like we said, lots of uh, repair putty. Oh yeah, and on the extreme side, because sometimes when you check your map, a certain junction will have extreme anomalies, and sometimes I would still choose to drive through them because I'm like, well, it's four junctions to beeline it, or I've got to go six if I want to avoid that. Well, I'm just going to go straight there. Sometimes the whole zone is a hurricane, and these are no joke. I don't know if you guys drove through here hurricanes or not. It'll blow your vehicle up on two wheels on the side it'll make you go flying off the road i mean it's no joke and 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 some of the extreme anomalies are actually pretty interesting to try to try to drive your way through all right well let's go ahead and and move on 
and let's talk a little bit about the garage. This is actually what I thought was the best stuff in the game. I hated any time I was driving and going through the game. I did not mind the car maintenance stuff nearly as much. Um, let, let's start with like basic maintenance and the status monitor. All right. What can go wrong out driving in your car and how do you fix it back in the garage? Everything. I was just everything gonna say, can go wrong. Everything. Segmented parts of your car too, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a car. You have a hood, two fenders, four doors, two quarter panels, two bumpers, headlights. I mean, you know, all of these things are individual components on your car, plus your tires, plus your engine. Yep. Um, plus a rear hatch because it's a station wagon. You, I mean, you and, can which you can hear you Josh's, can hit your head. <laughs> you can hear Josh's auto insurance history yeah. talking right now. Yeah, that's true. People like quarter panels. It's a driver what's quarter panel. Yeah. He's like, well, you see. Uh, so yeah, you you do have all these components, and it is funny. You can actually hit yourself in the head with the rear with the rear hatch, um, which I thought was a neat little touch on that as well. I'm with you, Paul. I thought this was one of the best parts of the game. Like I, I did not think I would like it as much as I did, but tinkering with your car, taking care of my baby, upgrading it, you know, um, making sure, hey, I can't go out on this run with doors that are damaged this bad. I better get these things fixed up. And oh, I unlock steel doors now instead of the crude panels. Like, yeah, like, let's go. So for me, a guy that loves progression, this was that carrot for me like the just the upgrade path on the car the seeing this thing get tougher and stronger and able to drive further and faster and that kind of stuff was really a a big draw for me yeah brian will you talk a little bit about like repair putty and mechanics kits that part might have been a little lame guys i was hoping we wouldn't bring that up (laughs) i actually found it pretty hysterical (laughs) well it's all magic i it's definitely all magic i do like also that uh Josh tried to say that, like, you know, he didn't have anything with the car, and it was just, it was his favorite part, but pretty soon he's going to be calling it my precious. He's like, my precious. (laughs) The car. It doesn't make me crazy, I swear, guys. I swear. Oh, my goodness. They're right. It it is driving me mad. (laughs) (laughs) No, but so... um, there, I, I did think it was really cool. Like you, you go up, you park your uh, your car on this little kind of uh, mechanics platform area, and you have the screen set up, and it shows you all the different parameters or, or outlines of the parts of your vehicle. How to fix them and how to repair them is a little uh, less streamlined. Neat. A little less streamlined. <laughs> um, like we said earlier, you need a lot of uh, chemicals. Because you're going to need a lot of repair putty. So repair putty and sealants is what you use for a lot of the stuff. Um, anytime you got damage on your panels, your side panels, quarter panels, hood, all that stuff, you just get this big tub and you take a big old scoop of like plaster and just... Body filler is <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Just bondo. You're just bondoing the whole yeah. car together and you just slap it on there. All right, that panel's good. Oh, that panel's good. Oh, this tire's sealed. Our needs sealed, and then you just take this little gun and just shoot shoot that on there, and that's sealed up. So the repairs were interesting to me, and it felt super tedious to where a lot of times I just wouldn't repair it in between runs because I'm like, I, yeah. I just have no desire to go around this whole car and repair every single stinking panel. I'll make sure my lights are good and the bump front bumper is good, and let's go, you know, so... Yeah, it was it was an interesting uh, part of the game. And, and the cool thing is that things will go wrong. 
And as your vehicle gets damaged, you can press and hold a button to scan it. So like, for example, you can look at your windshield and it's cracked. Like you can see also a little symbol where it has a little crack symbol. But if you look at it and scan, it'll say you can fix this with a ceiling kit. Yeah. And now I know, okay, I'll go craft a ceiling kit and I can fix it. There were other things that I got hit with where I had like short circuited spark plugs. Now you got to go craft a um, electrician's kit. I did think that stuff was pretty interesting. Uh, I will say it, it it felt a little bit overly needy because when you look at that status meter, it'll tell you your car's health is at 50%. Well, do I really have to create more repair putty and hit these wheels that are two thirds health or can I chance it and let it go? And pretty quickly you realize you can chance a lot of things. I would kind of prioritize my bumpers because I'm going to hit stuff yep. and headlights because if you're stuck without headlights, and especially if you hit the eerie darkness, it's definitely tough oh, to yeah. work your way around. Yeah. Of course, later in the game, you start to upgrade and you get side lights and Blood all lights, these floodlights and, all stuff, and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah. I, I will say in regards to the car repairs, that is tedious. Um, this game does do a good job of giving you ways to alleviate the tedium. Like you get like this repair machine where you can stick damaged parts in it. And after you come back from a run, they'll be completely fully like healed. Um, you know, Ryan, uh, Paul was picking on us because you and I always forgot to put the car in drive when you get in. And there's <laughs> yep. actually an achievement that says over 20 times, like try to drive with the car in park. And Paul was like, did you guys really do this? And we were like, yes. 20? Yes. 20? I, yes. You can learn. Come on. <laughs> what other game ever like, do you Makes have to you do put that? put it in drive. Yeah. I think um, I did it twice and then oh, I no. never forgot. But <laughs> but then you get this uh, you get this attachment to your car that's called like the auto parker that will mm-hmm. make it so that it it says like and it makes it sound all technical a and sensor. it goes like yeah, weight yeah, yeah. sensors and, and proximity sensors in the driver's seat will automatically put the car in park and drive when the driver gets in and out. This is truly the technology of the future. <laughs> it's oh like the description. Yeah. But dude, the second I unlock that, I was just like, yeah, and I just get out <laughs> and I'd be like, ha I don't have to put it in drive and park anymore. I, I don't know that making something intentionally tedious and then giving you a way to alleviate that tedium is necessarily the best thing to do. No, it's but not. But at the same time, they got me because I was so glad when I got those things. You know Again, better? lulling you to sleep yeah. with bad stuff and then mediocre stuff makes you feel good. <laughs> uh, we'll have to go to our break soon. But last thing I wanted to bring up is the friendly dumpster. Uh, adding into more of just the magical things of your garage. You want some when you panels, come back Paul? from Paul, you want some panels? <laughs> yeah. When when you when you come back on a run, maybe your car basically got destroyed and you don't have any mats. So how are you supposed to get back out on the road? Well, the friendly dumpster will just start vomiting up random parts that you need. But what's so funny is that this bugged out multiple times on me <laughs> where it would not stop shooting out doors and panels. I sent you guys a screenshot picture <laughs> yeah. where I had legitimately 300 panels and doors out you right the, next to the dumpster. You had the friendliest dumpster ever, Paul. Yeah. I know. I didn't get that <laughs> dumpster. I know. My dumpster was stingy. My immediate reaction was sweet, unlimited scrapped metal. I'm going to scrap all of this. Well, here's the thing. It was almost like a graphical glitch because none of those were real. I would pick up that panel, 
put it on my car and I can see it. But as soon as I would pick anything else up, that would disappear. So now I have to clear all this stuff out. I was like, all right, well, I'll just take my scrapper. Well, if you take your scrapper to that, they explode when you scrap them. You get nothing out of it. And then it hurts your character by like 5%. So I would take my scrapper, blow myself up to 0%, run into the garage, heal myself, go back, bust another 20 panels. I had to do that about 14 times <laughs> just to clear the map of all this garbage on the screen. And it happened to me two more times oh, where no. the dumpster wouldn't stop. It just keeps shooting crap out. So the game for me, I think I had more bugs than you guys did, but that was like one example where it was such a nuisance because now I had to spend like 10 minutes just to get rid of this glitched crap coming out of my dumpster. Your, your screenshot, I literally thought you were having like a graphical glitch until you yeah, were like, yeah, no, yeah. Josh, that's no. 300 car panels laying on the yeah. ground. And then I lost it. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I, thankfully, I didn't run into that bug, but I just like to think that your dumpster really loved you, Paul. Really did. Well, really the, did. The, that, first the real time, hero. I don't know if you guys died, but I died one time because I was a little overzealous on a, a different section. And I went back and then I guess they're maybe more generous uh, at the dumpster after you die. But like I hit the dumpster and then I started spewing out panels. And I'm like, oh, I was excited. I was like, oh, am I going to get the Paul glitch? You know, and it was shooting <laughs> and then it stopped. And I was like, oh, after like seven or eight, it stopped. I think they give you the minimum so at least your car can have all 12 panels and doors and, yeah. and headlights. They at least give you, yeah, at least at least some. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take our last break, and then we'll come back and talk about progression with car upgrades. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. All right. So we talked a little bit about progression with the map, which was very difficult to explain by podcast, difficult to learn in game. I think that when we are talking about the fabrication station, this is when we're talking about progression to your character, your car and your garage. And boy, you guys know this. I played the first third of this game, not realizing that there were like nine tabs to this. All I saw was the home screen on the fabrication station. And at one point I'm like, guys, did, where are you finding blueprints? Because I can't find any. And I played a third of this game only crafting more crude panels, crude headlights, and crude doors, not knowing how I could unlock these blueprints. Dude, that was so good. When, was Paul, when Paul was asking us, are you guys finding blueprints? <laughs> and like, I what went, you, finding what you them? Like, what do you mean finding them? And he was like, I'm, I'm like 12 hours in. I haven't found a single blueprint yet. And I was like, Paul, you, you, you make them at the you, fabrication station. <laughs> and he was like, I haven't found any blueprints. And I'm like, 
What are you talking about? No, you yeah. make them. Yeah. And I was like, no, Josh, not like the detailing station. I know how to craft that stuff. Like, where do you, I, I have, I have a million steel plates and I can't do anything with them. And then I, I, it was so funny because like we literally, Paul was trying to explain that he knew what all these like stations were. And I'm going like, Paul, it's just right there. Like, what are you talking about? So we had to live, Paul had to like live stream his feed so that I could be like, yeah. Press E. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, I know where this thing's at. And I'm like, Paul, like, look at the top. And you were like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, look at the top. There's like 10 tabs there. Scroll And that's over. when you were like, no, there's not. And then you clicked one and you were like, it, it pulls into a whole nother menu. There's like eight different headlights you can make. And then there's like the door panel where there's like eight different types of doors you can make for your car. And you were just like, what the bleep? <laughs> it was just like this. And then I just remember you going like, I've been playing this game for 12 hours and I haven't gotten a single upgrade. <laughs> Paul was hamstrung oh, was- for so long. Oh yeah, like I I was a pro at driving out there with the crude, you know, car car parts. I will say that was the best hour of the game for me cuz I got to unlock like 24 upgrades in a row and I upgraded every piece on my car. And for the record, going from crude headlights to headlights oh, they're massively is better. Literally day and night. Yeah, it is so much better. You had so much so, stable energy. Oh yeah, that was actually a blast. Was, was yeah, running through so many upgrades immediately because I had a million parts. Oh that yeah, I just kept shoving into lockers. I'm like, I don't know what to do with all of it. <laughs> all right. Oh, I will say I have one complaint about the fabrication station. Sometimes, in order to unlock a new part, it would require that you scan certain anomalies. And I don't know about you guys, I was not scanning any anomalies because I was yep. like, well, why would I? And then it was like. Oh, before you can craft a steel bumper, I think it was, you have to scan an abductor. And I was like, oh, come on. I have all the mats. I've got the energy. I have all the other parts. So then for a while, I was stopping to scan every single anomaly, and then I could unlock them. Uh, I don't know if that was really necessary, because scanning the anomalies just gives you the name. It doesn't really matter. You know what they do. Like, I don't care that it's called hot dust. When I drive into it, I hear the Geiger counter, and I'm taking radiation. I know what it is. Uh, So that I found to be a little bit of an annoyance. But otherwise, the fabrication station was always fun. Sometimes you got to build a whole new part of your garage where this is, I think they called it like a matter deconstructor. Yeah. Because I remember being out in the field and I found like, what did they call them? Like loot clams or something like that. It looks like a clam. And it says, like, it could hold treasure, but you got to find a way to open it. Well, the matter deconstructor, you chuck parts into it and it spits out, you know, whatever it can break it down into. You know, so unlocking new pieces like that in the garage, I always found to be an awful lot of fun. Um, I do want to move on to my absolute favorite part of this game. And it is the best idea that they had in development for this game. And it's the fact that your car develops quirks. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. This is so cool. So as you're out in the world, you know, getting damage from anomalies and crashing into stuff, your car will start to have issues that correlate to something else. And you have what is called a tinker station in the garage that helps you diagnose the problem and it tells you how to fix it. So you activate the tinker station and it's not immediately obvious what it does. There's four columns of words and it basically just fits this format. When part A does this, then part B does this. And so, for example, the first quirk I realized is every time I turned my wheel and I would hold it there, 
my headlights would dim. So I would go into the tinker station and I could put when when steering wheel constantly turns, headlights dim. And then sure enough, it says, ding, 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 you are correct. Here's what you have to craft. You need a light bulb replacement. And then I went ahead, I stuck that into the tinker station and then it cured my car of that quirk. That's a very minor one. You can have far bigger issues where all your car doors open or a tire falls off your car <laughs> or the engine jolts forward. And, and you only get eight guesses to finish your diagnosis. And so you, you can't just like brute force your way through it like a hacker. Um, but what a cool idea to give you these hilarious quirks and then giving you a little bit of a mini game to diagnose it. I thought this was the best part of the game it it took me a minute because i kind of skipped over what the tinker station did and for me it was every time i'd close my rear hatch my horn would honk but it would <laughs> it took me i don't know how many times it took me before i was like why the heck is the horn honking i just thought that was normal that did it to mine <laughs> yeah, too because it's I'm an like, old Bang. station wagon right it's like, a feature yeah <laughs> not a bug but then it, i had one where every time i put my car into park the passenger door would pop open <laughs> You know, and like, and so it's like, these are the little things. And it's funny because you don't even notice them at first, yeah. you know, and, and then it is, I, I thought that was a neat touch. You can live with most of these quirks. Like Paul said, some of them, they start to get pretty severe because the last thing you want is your doors popping open when you're in like a radiation storm or something like that. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a really neat idea. And I liked the way they went about like trying you and you had to diagnose it. You could not fix it until you successfully diagnosed it. And then it was an easy fix at that point. Like you said, you just needed like a kit or something, you know, which are very common. But I did think that that was a neat thing for them to throw in there to just give more personality to your car. It, yeah, it was it was cool to have that like like it is. It's just quirks. You know, it's these weird little things to give it more personality. So you do almost bond with your car because it has these weird little things that it does. Um, yeah, like you guys said, it's it's nothing that's overly obnoxious but it was just a cool little feature i thought i thought that was really neat that they did that all right so before we read some community reviews and then do our leaderboard segment last question for you guys what change would you make to improve pacific drive and if you want it can be something relatively minor like beefing up the tutorial letting you know twice how to do this stuff or it can be total overhauls of certain mechanics what would you guys do to this Oh, I mean, for me, you have to remove the repetition. Honestly, that that was the death knell for this game for me. I I can't I can't tolerate fluff to just fluff playtime. Like honestly, you guys yeah. know I have like I, you know gamer ADD. If I'm not constantly discovering new things or really invested in the story or something like that, I just want to move on to the next game at that point. And this was the fatal flaw with Pacific Drive, in my opinion, was it just was super repetitious. Some people like repetition. They like that familiarity, you know, but I don't want to drive through zone E8 ever again in my life. I've driven through it <laughs> yeah. 400 times at this point, and I'm only driving through it to get to zone E6 so that I can then get to zone F4 and so on and so forth. And it's like, I, to me, why? Like, why are you putting me through this? Why are you making me loot the exact same model of trailer for the umpteenth hundredth time so that I can find some plastic bits? You know, yeah. I, I mean, it just there that to me was the 
drastic flaw in this game is stop the repetition. And look, I know it's considered like a survival crafting game in a way, and that's just part of it. But we have played a dozen of those types of games, and some of them do it very, very well. This one did it really, really poorly. So, uh, you know, however you want to fix that. I mean, I don't want to launch into a huge tirade, but that's the one thing that I would change about Pacific Drive in a heartbeat. Yes, you do. Do it. (laughs) I'm not going to. I'm not going (laughs) to. Even if it was as simple as paying some stable limb energy and letting you bypass a junction, or you could optionally do it to save it, it maybe just give you like some more choice. Yeah. Well, we, we've had yeah. talks about um, uh, fast travel on different games, you know, and like uh, some game uh, developers have said, you know, we're not going to do that. We want to make the experience, you know, as you travel to that place good and, and you should want to do that. But this one, you just don't because it's the same thing. You know, you're you're driving, you're trying to avoid the objects, you're trying to keep your car alive, you know, well, you're just... Tr- all you're trying to do is get to that space so you can get to the next section of the game. You shouldn't have a part of a game to where you dread that section, you know, to, to get to the fun part, you know? So I found myself every time I was doing that or trying to get to an area, I just wanted to get that done. So I get back to the garage to tinker and do cool things with my car. So, um, yeah, I'm with Josh on this one, just the repetition of just over and over the same areas the same houses, the same mats. It was just, it was just too much. Like I understand you can only do so much within a game, but it was just too much repetition for me. Yeah, it's it, it's the opposite of fast travel to make you retravel the same area four hundred times in yeah. a row. It's and, oh, but the thing a, is, like, it's not. You know, we talked about Dragon's Dogma, right? Too, where they're saying, hey, there's not a lot of fast travel, but you'll find interesting things along the way. In Pacific there's no Drive, there's no interesting things. That's the problem. No. Like, oh, there's an anomaly. I've seen that anomaly 300 times now. I just drive around it. No big yeah. whoop, you know? And so that's the biggest problem is that there's really not anything interesting that's happening on your 50th trip through that zone. Yep. And yet you still have to stop and scrap stuff because you're going to need those early mats. And it's just a lot of repetitious resource gathering also. I mean, that's one of my biggest complaints. I I have a two-part thing that I think would drastically improve this game. I'm not going to say change everything because this game sucks, even though that's true. I'm not going to say that. Um, I would say, first of all, they have to let you do more stuff on foot. Because when you get out of your car... There is nothing to do other than to run up to a resource and I'm going to equip. Okay. If I want to open a trunk, I have to do the pry bar. If I want to smash open this certain container, I use my impact hammer. Oh, if I want to bust out these lights and get the bulbs, I got to use my vacuum. And all you're doing is just clicking the tool and pressing and holding it to gather the mat. And you're just doing that over and over and over. There is no combat in this game. You are not engaging in combat on foot or in your car. I think what would really add a lot to this game is you have to survive while you're in your car, but give me a little bit of offense in this game as well. When I get out of my car, have some guns, have some of the anomalies come fight me. They they have like the bunnies that are like the sentinels in the matrix. They'll attach to your car. Let me shoot them instead of just taking a scrapper and then they roll off the car. Um, And then imagine if this game was also co-op. All right. Imagine. Josh, you and I are in the car together and you're shouting, no, go around it to the right. And then the car crashes. And now I'm jumping out 
and I'm trying to diagnose the issues with the car and I'm crafting stuff out of the trunk while you're pulling out your gun and fighting the anomalies while I'm fixing the car. That to me sounds exciting as opposed to, oh, I have to drive around the hot sand yet again. And now I'm just going to walk up and loot this backpack. Like that loop is so boring. I feel like if you made that switch and I know that's a major change, right? That's you're changing the core mechanic of the game, but that would be an actual fun product. Like give me a jump puzzle, man. Like, like honestly, like anything, anything different while I'm out on foot, instead of walking up these four stairs into this trailer and then looting this backpack and then walking back to my car and putting the stuff in my trunk. Like, I, I mean, there's a gajillion different ways that could go about adding some variety to the actual gameplay, but sadly, that part is just not there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move into community reviews and see what the other people of the world have to say about this game. Okay. So we always, I mean, you guys have probably picked up some of our opinions on the game. We always like to give some other viewpoints. It is not our job to tell you how you should feel about this game. It is our job to let you know whether you think you might like it or not. And part of that is we like to give you some reviews from other people as well. Um, so this first review is recommended. This person is 95 hours on record. Oh, I'm um, so sorry for this yeah, person. So- <laughs> oh my God. What a sad, what a sad life. <laughs> All right. And it says Pacific Drive is a fun niche style game. It does not really push Wrong. any. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. It does not I'm really sorry. push any limits or cover new ground in gaming, but it is entertaining for a time. The best part of the game is exploration. I enjoy traversing the land and destroying my vehicle as I go place to place. Much of everything else about this game is average to bad, but not so bad that I would not recommend it. The customization of the car is extremely limited and feels pointless and shallow even the parts with different purposes can be narrowed down to one being the best overall rather than spending time with the tedious inventory system to change out for very minor benefits the inventory system is very basic and also horribly implemented i also believe this is the buggiest part of the game my only crash in over 80 hours has been due to the inventory system not being able to handle item movement looting and gathering is only rewarding while it is being learned after the system is learned it is mundane and lacks the excitement of discovery that is such a great point that is at the end that is very true the first time you see or do something it's neat and then it immediately loses all appeal yep um, imagine spending that, 95 hours doing that oh i know <laughs> okay, yeah so that <laughs> pray, was pray a recommended review this next one is not recommended 0.8 hours on record and it says it's Probably just not for me, but the game feels way too complex. I know I didn't play much, but I've played tons of survival games and the crafting, looting, and basically every functionality feels way too deep and complex for me. And I think a lot of people will resonate with that. I like the lore, the presentation, and the story and just the general idea of the game, but it falls short by being a bit too complex. Now, that's in part due to poor tutorial. Exactly. And they they, they hit you with too much of that at the same time they teach you about refueling your car and refueling the can inside the car that attaches to the upper left and here's how you diagnose and here's how you craft on the workbench and here's how you craft in the back of your car and here's how you install cardboard boxes and they hit you with all of that once and then they never teach you again to where i ran out of fuel on one run totally forgot i had a fuel can in the car i just abandoned the run And then later when I was tinkering in the back of my car, I was like, oh, I've got a fuel can. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I had all that fuel right there. Why didn't I, you know, but I didn't remember because the game 
throws so much at you in one little truncated spot. I and I listen. I know there's going to be people who are like, man, you guys are old and dumb. You know, dude, we've been gaming for a long time. I the the UI elements in this game in a lot of the things like the fabricator or the detailing station or I mean, you get a fax machine. I had no idea what the heck this fax machine did. Oh, Josh, it the fax machine is pointless. It's absolutely it will pointless. Hold it holds your audio files, yes. so you don't have to put them in your locker, and that's it. Yeah. I built the fax machine. I got probably 15 messages on that thing, and none of them make any sense. They don't add to the lore. Right. They don't add to the entertainment. It, it's it's a pointless upgrade. So there's just a lot of systems that are just poorly designed, poorly explained, poorly executed. Um Tagline of the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Well, I, right. I, I, real quick too, like I, I'm not one that likes to leave, um, you know, a lot of games will leave you a notification on unchecked items within your like menu or different things like that. Yeah. I went in and I looked and I was so overwhelmed with how many there were. I completely just abandoned it i said nope i'm not going to even look at any of these i looked through two or three and then i said there's way too many to try to check off so i don't have that dumb yellow uh icon on my top screen or whatever you know so i i just abandoned it and said no thanks you know and then there's that's what a lot of the game is is just a lot of that yeah all right so this next one is recommended 28 hours on record if you're expecting a truly open world driving and crafting game you're going to be disappointed at its core this is an extraction looter it has a gameplay loop of visiting and revisiting a pool of maps with randomized placements hazard modifiers and time limit unless visiting a map with the no time limit modifier there's a ton of quality of life options to change how stressful this experience may be but fundamentally it's a mechanic it's it fundamentally if it's a mechanic you don't like then you're not going to have fun in this game that is paul 100 percent. yep like paul honestly shaking his head. Like, yeah, this is escape paul from tarkov but with a car and not other people shooting and you. no guns yeah with no it's guns. escape from tarkov <laughs> with no guns and no fighting and pointless upgrades and and you're just grabbing four kinds of loot over and over and they they don't even look different it's just it's a blue square or a red square in my inventory. Uh, everything about this game is so dumb. You don't want some right. gla- I'm sorry. You don't want glass shards? I know, right? <laughs> and I know a lot of people worked really hard. And for the niche audience that love this game, all the power in the world to you guys. This is not a major release. I looked on Steam charts. There's like 5,000 people playing it right now. Those 5,000 people must love it. But I think for a lot of your average gamers, you're going to jump into this and say, where's the action and where's the fun? Well, this last review, I think, hits the nail on the head. It is not recommended, and it says it's so close. Uh, this person has 10 hours on record, by the way. And it says it's so close to being fun. There's so many little things that bring the experience down. Requiring me to press and hold a button to open containers is probably my biggest complaint. It simply makes the game slower for no discernible reason. This is like baby's first video game type decision making from the developers. <laughs> no one wants to wait to look in a container. No one wants exploration speed to be artificially hamstrung. Three people yelling at me across a radio about things that have nothing to do with me does not a story make. <laughs> Picking up audio recordings for exposition dumps is also not fun. I thought Amen. we figured this out when Fallout 76 tried to get away with it. Opening my backpack to read about things I see in the game is not a good way to convey information to the player. 
Inventory management, which is a huge part of the game, is also tedious and boring. Not being able to save in any meaningful places is also a bad choice. It's a big time sink to commit to a run, and the runs get longer and longer the more you play, which compounds the problem further. Again, I have to ask what's the point of that dis- I, again, I have to ask what the point of that decision is. It ends up feeling like an arbitrary restriction to make the game longer instead of improving the experience. Yeah. The save thing has ruffled a lot of feathers. I don't have as big of an issue with that. I don't either. If I but. if if I can't finish a run, just hit escape. It pauses. Like Elden Ring, you don't you can't pause. You bring up yeah. your menu, you can still die. In Pacific Drive, just hit escape, go do whatever you got to do, return in a couple hours and then finish your run. I I don't have as much heartburn over that. Um the just we're not going to play guess the score or anything, but right now the actual Steam score is 81% for this game. So it's a bit high. That's higher than I thought. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I think on Metacritic, it's a 78 on PC and a 77 on PS5, which which is about right. I, I think that's kind of where it deserves to be. All right. Are we ready to go to the leaderboard? Let's, let's there any, do it. Any closing comments before we hit that? All right. Let's let's go to the leaderboard. For listeners who might be new, if you go to videogamerspod.com, there's a tab for leaderboards. If you tab over that or mouse over it, you can bring up our top 10 games of all time. You can also bring up our deep dive leaderboard, where after every deep dive, each of us puts it on our leaderboard. Where does this game stack up against everything else? For example, I have at the top stuff like Red Dead Redemption 2, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Cyberpunk, Disco Elysium, God of War, you know, absolute classic games. Down in the middle, we got some stuff more along the lines of like uh, Ark, V Rising, Vermintide 2, Killing Floor 2, stuff like that. On the very bottom, I have stuff like Escape from Tarkov, which we already (laughs) talked about me not liking, Elite Dangerous, Battlefield 2042, stuff like that. So where are you guys going to stick Pacific Drive? A game that I would say has a lot of stuff going for it that I would normally like. It's a smaller studio. It's under 30 bucks. It's relatively short. Those are all things that I like. But as far as everything else goes, I mean, I I hated the experience of playing this game. And honestly, the first third where I did not know about any upgrades, I actually thought was more exciting because it forced me to be more careful with the, my car. This game's not difficult. No, I it's didn't not hard. Oh, yeah. No, it's not difficult and it's not fun. And it just did not jive with me on any level. I I immediately said, this is going in my bottom 10. No questions asked. Uh, I think on my leaderboard, I'm going to put it at 95 Ooh. out of 105. Ooh. So I, I did not like this game at all. Ooh. Almost unredeemable all around. Wow. That's like not something rumba. we hear from Paul very often. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You know? no. I, I'm usually pretty nuanced with my takes or yeah. you'll like this. This is maybe not so much my thing. I found this game to be overall abysmal and uh, completely dead of any fun. Ryan, how about you? I'm just, I'm still shook by Paul's uh, I know. thing there. So my, <laughs> am, am, my, I, am I too high or too low on it, Ryan? <laughs> you're, you're a little too high in my opinion. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> put it last ryan last 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 i i have a little bit of a smaller leaderboard than the other guys because i haven't been here as long but um i have at 34 battlefield 2042 a completely uh horrible game um 
this one at 33, uh, Paul would have some difference to it, but uh, Disco Elysium. But that was this was pre uh pre final cut. Pre final cut. Yeah. So so I could I could revisit that, but I'm gonna throw this. I'm gonna throw this at the end. I'm oh. gonna put it at 35. <laughs> at the I, very bottom. Yeah. I, oh, it's at the very goodness. bottom for me. As much as I wanted to absolutely love this game, I, 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 you, you mentioned it, Josh. I love the music. I would sit and vibe. That was that was the part I looked to forward to yeah. the most. Like I'm like, I just want to chill, listen to the music, have the rain come down in the forest, and I'm gonna drive through this area, and then I'd have to deal with all the nonsense of the actual game, you yeah. know. So like. That took the game took away from the good part, which was just the vibe. So, yeah, this one's gonna go right at the <laughs> bottom for me. I I wanted nothing more than to finish this game and to finish this episode so that I wouldn't have to ever touch it again. Mine's already uninstalled. It's yeah. gone. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Look, All right, I know, Josh. I know this episode is going long. Um, I, this I, I just this is one of those things that. We put a lot of games out there. We we talk about a lot of games. We were all pretty excited about Pacific Drive. I was like, so honestly, excited. I was so I tried excited, to like dude. Yeah, like I tried I, I, so I mean, hard. None of us like slamming a game. It's just there are times when a game has the potential to be great but then is ruined by certain aspects. We've seen this time and time again. Forspoken was one of those. Um, you know, Hood Outlaws and Legends was another one. I mean, there's there's any number of games where it's like, dude, there there's you almost had something. It's why I really liked that one review where the guy said it's almost, it's so close to being good, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, Great idea. Yeah. And so I am a little bit higher on it than you guys. I will say that for somebody like me, the repetition was really, really causing me issues towards the end. Um, I don't like that aspect. There were parts that I really did enjoy. I did like driving. I felt like the game was very atmospheric, which I liked a lot, but it was just, this game needed another year or maybe two to like cook in the oven and come up with some actually really good gameplay elements. Yeah. And an extra 20 million or something, well, something. Like, give it more time. It, 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 and it like, could have been something the thing. Good. It's kind of like, it's like having a chocolate chip cookie where somebody forgot to put the chocolate chips in it. You know, yeah. it's like, it's a cookie, but there's just something critical missing about this game and that's the way i feel about it too even though i'm higher than you guys i am unfortunately still down on this game a little bit i'm gonna put it at 83 for me which is one above escape from tarkov and the forest both are games that i felt were very tedious in a lot of ways um i it, it's just it, it is a shame because i do feel like this was a passion project from the developers and it's it there's a lot of polish to the game in some ways but you forgot like an ingredient, man. And and it just, it really, really tarnishes the game overall, unfortunately for me as well. Ingredient was fun. Yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I can, I mean, it, it is fun until you realize that it's not fun anymore, but that happens fairly early on in the game. And again, yeah. if you're the kind of person that doesn't mind repetition and there are people out there, like, honestly, I know like there's my, like my wife is like, she's like, I'd work in a factory where I build the same thing every single day over and over. Oh, she likes no. that, you know, 
I, for me, that would drive me bananas, but I get that there's a comfort to be found there for some people. So if you're the kind of person that you don't mind doing the same thing over and over, you might find this game to be incredible. And if you found this podcast because you love Pacific Drive and now you're mad at us because you're like, how can you slander my game? It's just that flavor is not there for everybody. And and especially for us, it just didn't land. That That's why after the demo, I was I was screaming from the rooftops. This game is awesome. Yes. This is gonna be so good. I just driving in, you know, you're you're on your you're in your truck, and then you get sucked in there. And I, I was just I was a hundred percent in, and then nothing changed. It was the same thing the whole time. Play the demo. Play the yeah. demo. That's the Play whole the demo. game without any of the tedium. Yeah. Play the demo. Have fun, and then go on to another game. That's Actually, perfect. I, don't, I don't think that the demo is still available now. But. Yeah, probably not. But. <laughs> it might not be. Play it for two hours and yeah, then yeah. refund it, right? Now, if they said Pacific Drive way outsold all of our expectations, we're putting together a crack team of developers, we're making Pacific Drive 2, we're going all out, we're pumping in tons of money, all these gifted people we're bringing along board... I think all three of us would pick it up in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like if they actually, because it's such a cool kernel of an idea. There's nothing wrong with the idea of getting in a station wagon, pimping it out and having all these anomalies. It's just purely execution. It it seems like it just needed more time, more money, more love, more innovation. But I would absolutely give Pacific Drive 2 a shot. Oh, Agreed. yeah. All right. Well, you know, I'm glad we didn't have to come to fisticuffs josh i was a little worried this might be one game where you're like it's just so fun you're missing out it's top 20 and i was gonna have to go bananas uh I, i'm glad we we're all somewhat on the same page <laughs> paul before recording i hate this game man <laughs> I, I i flat out told ryan i said i said because you guys already knew how much i hated it i just said ryan if Josh comes in and just starts praising this game, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I do get why people could like it. Like legitimately, I get that. It's very chill. It's very calm for the most part. It's very timid in how much like the gameplay puts at you. But I, I yeah, I don't know. It, I, I feel bad. It missed the mark uh, for us. I, I will say, and, and you know, it did miss the mark, but like I, I, uh, with what Paul said about, um, wanting guns and wanting action every time I got out of my car and it's like an eerie dreary forest landscape. And I'm looking around, I was expecting something to come get me, but then it never happened and nothing ever yes, did. I know nothing yeah. ever did. And so I was just always left wanting that, even though it would have freaked me out and I would have screamed like a little girl. Uh, I just, I never got that. And and that, that would have made just that little bit would have made the difference, you know, not substantially, but a little bit of to make it at least some su- somewhat palatable for me, you know? Yeah, totally agree with you, Ryan. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our deep dive on Pacific Drive. As a reminder, please make sure to rate our show five stars and swing by our Patreon support page to see options for bonus episodes, shout out on the show, all that good stuff. That's at MultiplayerSquad.com. Come join our free Discord. Hit us up on socials at VideoGamersPod. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Until next time, happy gaming. All right. I'm out of here, people. Let me just put this in. uh, Oh. Oh, I'm not in drive. Oh, let me. Oh, all right. See you. Come ya. back. Come back. <laughs> Car. All right. See you, everybody.